We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,273 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. How are you doing today, Bruce? Oh, healthy and alive. Doing well. I'm glad to hear it. What would you like to start with today? Uh, you know, I don't even know where to start. The, the, the news media today, politics as usual. You've got oil cuts um, that the Saudis are doing, which why, why, why do we care? As Americans, we shouldn't care. Uh, we have more than enough oil to produce for ourselves and flood the market with cheap oil. Also, might I add, clean, compared to these other countries, clean oil that would cause their economies to crash because like Russia is what, like their entire economy is based on like $100 a barrel or whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's got to be pretty high up there. Yeah. But that's, that was one of the problems with, um, with Donald Trump. He put oil basically in a glut. He ramped up production in the US side of things for the first time and I think um what 50 years we were energy independent yeah. we were not importing any oil as a matter of fact we were starting the process of exporting our own oil to the rest of the world by the way uh, just for any Europeans listening to us you don't need Russia all you need is the US we can satisfy all of your oil needs same thing with Japan we can take care of all that no need to to worry about being dependent on those block countries. Anybody that tells you anything otherwise doesn't know what they're talking about. And the fact that we're not doing that as, you know, th this whole Russia, Ukraine thing and how there's a lot of talk about cutting ties with Russia and all that. Where's the action behind it? Because as as we just said, the U.S. is more than capable. Not only it's not just us saying it, we, we, we proved that as you said, under Trump, that was the proof in the pudding, if you will. So yeah, uh, the other thing that's kind of, um, there's other uh, January 6th stuff going on. Uh, we're, we're seeing um, Isn't that a joke? Proud Boys. Yeah, January 6th. yeah th Isn't that, that, that whole thing's a, yeah, it, it, it's all a joke. The Proud Boys leader, uh, what, what is his name? Tar Tar Tario? Enrique Tario. Yeah, yeah. Tario. Okay. White supremacist. Don't forget that. White supremacist. Yeah, he got 22 years in prison. For January 6th, um, he didn't even attend. I mean, uh, so honestly, it, it, it's kind of uh, the, the way our society is going right now. When you combine the whole stuff that's going on with Russia, you combine the whole stuff going on with Trump, and you combine the whole stuff going on uh, with just the average person involved, we're, we're kind of in a um, dystopian spiral. And I, I don't really know exactly what to do about it. I, I don't know. You're, you're having the average person going to prison for... 
um parading not even being somewhere not even being yeah, there or, or not even being there that's true which originally like by a... the way you know how they got him tario you know how they arrested him um, the first time okay so like officially or what they had on him behind the scenes so officially what what he was officially uh, arrested for when it involved the january 6th stuff and and led up to that the, the whole thing that he was it was something like uh, the vehicle they were in were, was either speeding Somebody wasn't wearing a seatbelt or it was a, a, a taillight out. It was something on, uh -huh. it was something trivial, like one of those things. And then they uh, arrested him because they found a um, greater than 10 round magazine in the car. It was empty. Um, that was empty. And that's what they arrested him on, more or less. And then that is how they held him uh, for the January 6th stuff. It was was that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm actually I'm curious about something. Do you remember that guy that was going to uh, what's his name? Rosenberry or something like that was going to blow up the uh, uh, the Library of Congress. Yeah. Remember that guy. Yeah. yeah. Had it literally mm -hmm. was live streaming himself sitting there with a, a supposedly it was a gasoline, but it's probably just water in a, in a metal can. Whatever happened to that? I mean, you talk um, about domestic terrorism. What what happened to that? What about the um, mm -hmm. what about the pipe bombers around the uh, was it the RNC? And what DNC. Are, and DNC. What, what was it mm -hmm. like? Okay, so what happened with that? We're, we're um, convicting all of these guys for that one was for nothing. And then the other guy, mm -hmm. uh, a buddy of his, uh, Biggs, got 17 years because he rattled a barricade mm -hmm. with Capitol Police permission standing right next to him. They waved him into the Capitol. He went into the men's room to relieve himself. And the Capitol Police met him at the men's room door when he came out. And they said, we're going to have to escort you out. And they walked him outside. He got 17 years in prison for that. Okay, so if we're convicting people, I'm just calling a spade a spade here. So if we're convicting people on this for years, what about the guy that was going to blow up the Library of Congress? What about the pipe bombers that they've never found? What about these? Which they have video footage of, by the way. Not only do they have yeah. video footage of, yeah. they also know he accessed his cell phone in that vicinity. He or she. We don't know. They won't tell us. They won't release any of that footage. They won't release any of that information. You know and why? Exactly. It's one of theirs. It, it was, it was, this is all a false operation, false flag operation. Um, Where's the Patriot Front? Why aren't they being investigated? Why aren't they being hauled in? Don't tell me none of those guys were there. Speaking of sp Patriot Front, did you see the, the new neo-Nazi group that, that, uh, came out and I was have doing heard, videos and. Okay. Yeah. I've heard about this. They're pro-Biden uh, though, right? They're pro-Biden, yes, because uh, they're sending missiles into Ukraine. That That's literally what he said. This, and like the people that were reporting it, it was just dead is, silent. And the guy was wow. like, it was such a horrible acting display on these quote unquote neo-Nazi. You could tell it was like, it was fake. It was all fake. These guys were acting. You could tell. And uh, yeah, everybody around him. So you had the one guy that was not wearing a balaclava. Everyone else around him was wearing okay, a balaclava. So that, okay, so that's the guy that they've got that's compromised already. Okay, so that guy, he's he's the spokesman of the group. That's controlled yep. opposition. Okay, so the rest of them are probably feds. That's my guess. Yep, exactly. Um, that's exactly what everybody's thinking that, including the people that were there, uh, like recording and everything. Ever, like The only reporting I've seen on this is how this is fake. Now, the mainstream media is probably doing some kind of I don't watch mainstream media, so I don't know what the mainstream's saying. But what I've seen on like social media and everything, um, it's just it is, this is all fake. It's, it's just a scam. Is this the guy? This is indeed the guy. 
Okay, so let me let me get some audio queued up here. I just wanted to make sure I I just did a search and this is what popped up. So I'm assuming that this is this is the guy you're you're telling me it's the guy. Okay, so let's let's guy. hear what this does. The necklace give it away? Does the uh, yeah, yeah. does the face tattoo give it away? I'm I'm just asking. All right, let's hear what he's got to say. There's a presidential race going on right now. Are you going to vote in 2024? What do you think is going to happen? My vote is useless. I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends rockets to Ukraine. <laughs> is it in support of Ukraine, you mean? Hell Ukraine. Hell Azov. Love Ukraine. Okay, so um, that didn't exactly make CNN, did it? No, no, that didn't exactly make CNN. That's kind of been reported on, uh, you know, you, it's gone around on social media and whatnot. That was horrible acting on that guy's part. That was just... You could tell it was staged. 100% staged. <sighs> that was that was staged. Uh, so that's the new Patriot Front that they're trying to get off the ground. Okay. That's not right. going to go anywhere. So this is this is my, my problem with all of this. So throughout history, and we, we've kind of touched on this before, throughout history, so state intelligence services, and there's not any country that's that's clean of this, okay? So state intelligence services, whenever they are trying to foment a revolution in a country, they will take out the true grassroots movement that pops up because there is always one that pops up somewhere. And there are legitimate people and there's a legitimate cause behind that to actually make real change. But that group always... Throughout history, it's happened in Germany, it's happened in France, it's happened in the UK, it's happened in, in Russia, it's happened in China. Whenever these groups pop up, they are immediately stomped out. Their leadership is imprisoned on usually bogus, trumped up and exaggerated charges. Does this sound familiar? And then you get presented with a controlled opposition group and everything about that is tailor made to get good people mixed up in it. This is why I tend to think I tend to think I'm not saying this is 100 percent the case, but it's just my opinion looking at it through the way I just described through that lens. The Proud Boys were a legitimate group, at least to a certain degree, not saying that their leadership wasn't infiltrated because we know that they had some the FBI had Tario on the hook. So he was probably singing and dancing to their tune to a point, hanging that over his head. And then he finally said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go along with this anymore. That's when they threw the uh, the book at him. But they got everybody else mixed up into it as well, right? Because it was a think of it like a honey trap. They get everybody else tied up into it and then they bring the whole the whole crew down. Now you've got the Patriot Front, which oddly enough gives you if you're a disgruntled American, it appears on the surface that they give you everything you're asking for. <laughs> but, but if you can't see through the fact that those are a bunch of feds, then I don't know what to tell you. The same thing with this group of um, whatever these these idiots are, these skinhead morons, these people controlled opposition through and through. That's to appeal to the more even extreme element of right wing supposedly opposition. If again, I I I stand just for the for the record, we all here stand against both extremes. Any form of totalitarian collectivism, ideological, revolutionary, whatever. We're against all of that in any way, shape, or form, right or left. So if there's a legitimate far-right movement out there somewhere, I have yet to see it. I have yet to see it because I would be the first to stand up and call it out, and so would you. Yeah, I'm um, personally, I'm, I'm closer to anarcho-capitalist at this point, which is the furthest you can get from government control. Uh, and everything that they're fomenting, that they're saying is, you know, that this... Um, skinhead group and then the the proud boys and or not proud boys excuse me uh patriot front and probably the leadership of proud boys as you said but um they're all government run 
basically. So yeah, I'm I'm personally against those things. Now the the Proud Boys, I will say, at least at the lower levels, um, the people that were a part of that have said, look, this originally was just a drinking club. That's all it was. Um, it, it was just a bunch of guys to go to the bar with. That's all it was. Um, it was never some kind of front or you know whatever. That kind of grew from the leadership level um and kind of it, it kind of ha- it gained a little bit of traction but uh i'm not sure it was ever really real in, in the sense of, i'll give you an example tea party that was something that was grassroots that came up yeah. uh here in the united states and then the government the the establishment came in and took it over did not allow the tea party to really get anywhere some of the people that the tea party elected um to uh, fix some of the problem. Well, uh, a good example was Obamacare. You get that thrown out. Look how that went. Yeah, we 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 didn't we didn't get Obamacare. Um, they what was it? Was it Romney Care or whatever? Uh, that they um, they basically quote unquote yeah fixed it. Which Romney Care yeah, yeah. was a, a blueprint for what Obamacare would later become. So Romney did in the state of Massachusetts as think of it like a, a beta test for what they did with the entire country. It was it was the same thing. Yep. yep. So. That, that, that's an example of, um, you know, th- this, this whole system has been controlled by the elite, by the establishment this entire time. And unfortunately, I was kind of talking about this in prep. Uh, unfortunately, as a, as a conservative uh, American, uh, a constitutionalist, I don't, I don't even really like the term conservative anymore because um, it's been tarnished. I'm, I'm more of a, a, a constitutional, classic liberal kind of in that vein, small government. As someone that's like that, where do I go? Um, because I, you, you can't allow Democrats in office anymore because what we're running into now, where our entire system is collapsing, where we're teetering on the edge of being a, a banana republic, we're having kangaroo courts now. That's what we're teetering on. If we have this for any longer, any more of this, that it could spell the end of America as we knew it. That I, I, I think that's already dead anyway. If you're in your 30s, or older, you seen America when it was more free. You you knew what it was like to go to like the airport as an example and not have someone feeling you up or or taking your your property uh, from you. You 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 knew what that experience was like as as an easy example. Now, if you were born after two thousand, you don't you don't have a clue what it was like before then. Now you you only know what this totalitarian state is more or less uh, at this point. This is just. We're, we're basically a, a dictatorship at this point, more or less. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nicer version of one than what other countries have, but um, it's corrupt. It, it's messed up. It's the people that's the problem. But all that to say, as someone that's a conservative and we're in this whole election cycle, and uh, as I said, the media is all talking about the election stuff and uh, how Trump is the leading uh, the Republican Party uh, and whatnot. Uh, again, if that is true... A bunch of idiots as Republicans. I don't mean to be so blunt, but I'm, I mean to be so blunt at the same time. Um, don't get me started on Turning Point, please. Don't get me started on that. No, because no, no. I'm not, I'm not even going to hit on them. I'm, I'm not okay. going to hit on them. I'm just going to... No, I was. Uh, just the I average... Was. Because that's fueling oh, oh. this. That, that's part of it. I, I think the, the problem is, is Americans are... If you're the conservative mind or constant... Whatever, you're Republican. If you're a Republican... And you're feeding your emotional side of things and you're going for someone that's like, yeah, he's going to punch him in the mouth. Uh, screw you. You're part of the problem. 
you need to look back at policies and find someone else that has that stands for your policies. Trump does not stand for your policies. The dude is for gun control. He wants to take your guns. He said that before many times. And then he kind of backed off on it when he realized that many of his uh, electorate didn't want uh, their guns taken away. He still talked about wanting to take away guns and uh, we, us not needing them. So maybe you should find a different candidate that that supports your uh, the beliefs, your policies. Trump doesn't. The only other person, uh, if we're if we're talking about candidates, the only other person right now that the American people see is this uh, Vivek Ramaswamy guy. And from what I've been hearing the yeah. last few days, is he took Soros money to get where he's at. So there was a there was a clip of um uh, I forget what candidate it, this was years ago. This was like close to twenty years ago. There was a um like a town hall meeting. And uh, they were questioning, throwing questions at the, the whatever candidate it was. Again, I don't remember who it was. I guess who was there asking questions from both the Democrat side and the Republican side, conservative side. Vivek was on the conservative side and take a wild guess who was on the Democrat side. That's a young up and coming politician. Uh, they, they ran in the last cycle. I'll, I'll narrow it uh, down a little bit. Uh, Mayor, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. He was one of the ones just asking questions. I was just guessing. It, yeah. you, you nailed it. Uh, they both were selected by the left and rights. You know how they select um, well, Mayor the up Pete, and comings. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Pete is, an, is a young global leader. He's actually on the, the, the Davos um, yes. payroll, if you will. If you so will. so yeah. is Vivek. Is Ramaswamy. Is he on the, the WEF so young global leader he, team he, too? He's on there as well. He claims that... They put people on there that are not affiliated with them in any way and just yeah, to tarnish that. their name. Yeah, I've heard that That's too. what his claim is. But the thing is, this is the problem I have with him. He may be a conservative and he legitimately, he might have the policies and everything. The problem is his worldview. No man can rise higher than their worldview. You can't get past that. His worldview does not, it doesn't, it doesn't work. He he doesn't have a worldview to, to take the, the steps that needs to happen to reset not just our um, political side of things, but we also have to do it from a, a, a cultural side as well. And I, I don't think he's he's capable of doing that. Personally, I think uh, of of the ones that are running, I think DeSantis is the, the best option. Now, I I want to preface this. I want to make this very clear. You as a listener, you need to do your own research and find out who is the best policy wise that you support even if it's a third party candidate freaking stop with the oh, third party candidates can never win they'll never win because of you because of that mindset and and i just find someone that supports your uh belief structure your what you believe is the correct thing to do and support them and maybe we can pull out of this um and 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 get some of this i i just don't believe vivek is I don't think he's real. I, I think he's uh the same. What, what's the other one? Um, Haley is that what it is? Nikki Haley. Uh, is it no? Uh, yeah, she's yeah, she's the other yeah, one that's she's, running. She's a she's a cretin in and of herself. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I I think there's another problem with him. I don't believe he's qualified. When I say not qualified, I'm not talking about his credentials. I'm talking about his citizenship. He was born to non-American parents, so I'll just leave it at that. 
I, I'm sorry, we're, we're still basing all of this on uh, a misinterpretation of the 14th Amendment. Kamala Harris, the current vice president of the United States, is not qualified to be there. She was born to non-Native American parents. The Constitution, as far as I'm concerned, which they all swear an allegiance to, at least they're supposed to, even if it's just in, um, in ceremony only, nonetheless, you violated your oath of office. You're a non-citizen. I'm sorry. You're not a true native-born citizen if you're born to non-native parents. That's just the way that it is. Again, this is a misinterpretation of the 14th Amendment. We call them anchor babies, if anybody is, mm -hmm. is wondering what that's referred to as. Just because you get to America and you're born in America does not make you an American citizen. This was a another one of our wonderful landmark rulings that was a wrong ruling from our Supreme Court that has cost us dearly over the past decades that needs to be reversed. Yeah, it's the way it's worded in the Constitution, if one of your parents are an American citizen, they've gone through the process to be uh, a naturalized citizen, then you're born, even if you're born out of country, at that point, as long as one of the parents are an American citizen, you are an American citizen. And then when you become of age, you can decide whether or not you want to keep that citizenship. That's the way it's supposed to work. And as you as you said, we have this problem of anchor babies. The other problem I have with Ramaswamy and Haley both, their position on abortion. If they had the, the choice, both of them would reverse Roe v. Wade and put it back into place. And they are not for... Honestly, I'm for a complete and total ban on it, personally. I, I've said in argument, I will give you... Um, I will give you the, uh, you know... Uh, rape and incest. I, I I will give you that leeway, but that's for argument's sake. That's not that's not something I'm legitimately going to. I'm willing to give up. And the reason I say that, if you argue someone that is pro-abortion, and you say, "All right, would you be okay with banning all abortion except for uh, rape and incest?" Because that's one of the arguments that they used to always make. You could filter out the people that were being genuinely honest and those that were just wanting to murder babies. And most of them just want to murder, murder babies. Usually people that are willing to, you know, compromise or were being genuine, you could even argue them down to heartbeat. Whenever there's a heartbeat, then they would say, okay, yeah, all right, that, that's, that's when the baby is now viable and should not be aborted. So I, I'm that that's just kind of the touch on politics a little bit. This is assuming we can actually get through an election cycle without COVID restrictions and drop boxes and mail in ballots and electronic voting and voting machines and all the rest of it. The drop boxes, I think many states made those legal now. So I, whether or not we have COVID, I think those are still going to be there. OK, so we've, we've officially subverted the election process. then. Basically, yeah, I, I, I don't I personally don't think. Well, we, we have a president that is being charged for saying um, with crimes for saying um, he doesn't believe the last election was uh, legitimate. And because of that, they're saying that's illegal. They're trying to argue that that you cannot argue it like, I'm sorry, every single time a Republican wins any office, the Democrat always stands up and say this was an illegitimate election. Yeah, you can go all the way back to uh, I want to say, okay, so uh, the George Bush election with Al Gore, at Bush, least in my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, in my Florida. lifetime. Ever since then, and I mean ever since that, every presidential election and every midterm 
It's always been the same usual suspects, you know, the Al Sharpton types, the Feinsteins, the Pelosi's, the Maxine Waters, the Chuck Schumer's, always the uh, the crowing mouths from the left. It's always them from from the Democrat side. The Republicans, believe me, I wish the Republicans would actually stand up and say something like that, but they won't. They never have because they don't have a spine and they're too worried about their public image on mainstream media like that actually matters. They get tarred and feathered by another side. And you know what? I, I hate even talking this left, right side. It, it's all irrelevant. All this stuff is, is irrelevant. None of this crap even yep. matters. None of this matters. Yep. We're, we're talking about an election from a bunch of fools that are standing up there that are presented to us that represent nothing. They represent nothing. They stand for nothing. They stand for whatever they're being paid to stand up there for. They don't represent you. They don't represent me. They don't represent the rest of the American people. Black, white, young, old, doesn't matter. Hispanic, I don't care. Those people do not represent any of what America is supposed to stand for. So why do we even entertain these clowns? And that that is exactly what I was trying to uh, say with with the whole when you look at the the candidates that we have available to us on the uh, conservative side. Again, I I wince when I say that. It's it's <laughs> you can't let Democrats win. This is the most important election that we've ever had, you know, the same phrase they use every single election cycle. It's the same exact thing. So here's another thing, actually, now now that I think about it, Trump, okay, you know how everybody's still supporting Trump, and I think you're an idiot for still supporting him. That's my opinion. Tell me, as a conservative, what has Trump done that's actually changed anything for the good here in the United States? Anything that he's done? The economy that he did? Under, under Trump, we had a pretty good economy. We had, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we were um, making more oil than we needed and were uh, to the point that we were going to start selling it. You know, we were self-sufficient. Tell me any of those things that Trump did that are still functioning in place, working now. What did he change? What narrative did he change that is still now changed? The only thing that's changed that I can see on the surface is politicians are now having to be a little bit more outspoken as Republicans. They're, they're having to be a little bit more ballsy. That's about it. There is one thing. There is one policy that he set in place that is still being used now. Would you like for me to tell you what it is? Let's, let's hear it. The vaccine. That's true. He did institute the warp speed and, and push the vaccine, and he still pushes the vaccine, even to his own detriment. The other thing I would like to point out is um, this guy that, uh, you know, oh, we can't trust the media, right? That's, that's one of the things that he says. Okay, so before Trump, before Trump, did you actually trust the media before Trump? No, hell no. Nobody trusts the media before then. We all knew it was lying to us. It's propaganda. So the things that he says that we're, we're like, yeah, we, we agree. Were those problems before Trump? Yeah, they were. So what has he brought to the table that's new that he should like everything that we've we're bickering about uh, has been a problem for the last 20 plus years. Nothing's changed. My point is nothing that Trump did was actually lasting change. He didn't do anything new. He's the typical Republican that we've been dealing with for 20, 30, 40 years now. So no, I'm, I'm, we need to find something else. We need to find someone that's based on policy. We need to focus on policy. Whenever we focus on policy, we win. Every single time we win, when you start focusing on emotion and you start focusing on um, like charisma and those kind of things, we lose a lot. Be bean counters don't usually win the charisma 
um, uh, fight. So you see, Bruce, we're suffering from a fallout, no pun intended, uh, a fallout of the effects of what I sent you in prep, that document. Everybody wants to be entertained. Yeah. Everybody wants to be entertained. Everybody wants to to go back to shopping. Everybody wants to uh, hit the uh, hit the shopping malls, hit the stores, go to Disneyland, vacation, watch Netflix, whatever. Right? This is watch football. This is what people want to do. And when you go to one of these feel good events, or you you watch one of these feel good events where Trump is speaking, you see all these people out there in the crowd. Why? Because Trump is an entertainer. He's entertaining people. That's his bread and butter outside of the hospitality industry, which he's very good at. He's very good at entertaining people. He is a funny guy. When you sit down and you watch him at one of these things, he's funny. He does make me laugh. But at the end of it, I don't care. I don't care. I'm more angry watching this stuff now because I see how much time is being wasted. I see how much effort and energy is being wasted on these these sideshows. These, these circus clowns, Alan Combs, you remember Alan Combs, big liberal left-wing guy, used to be on TV, he's not anymore, he used to have a show with Sean Hannity, actually, it was called Hannity and Combs way back in the day. You know, it was a, it was supposed to be like a, a balance, you know, guy on the right, guy on the left kind of thing. Sure. Alan Combs. When Donald Trump was originally talking about running, I think it was back in like 2008, 2009, somewhere along in there, Alan Combs hit it out of the park. He was a bit early for his time in this regard when it came to Donald Trump. But he said, you know what? Because they asked him about uh, Donald Trump. So what do you think about Donald Trump getting in the race? And he says, you know, he says, Donald Trump, this guy's the P.T. Barnum of our generation. And he's not wrong. He is the P.T. Barnum of our generation. P.T. Barnum and Bailey, you know, the, the circus, that, he's a performer. He's an entertainer. That's why you see all these big shows and everything that get put on at like Mar-a-Lago or, or whatever. And the Turning Point crowd shows up and they've got cameras and they've got makeup and they've got uh, fog machines, and I keep harping on the fog machines, but every one of these events, they've got the fog machines and the laser light shows, all of them, and the fireworks and, and everything else, you know, confetti and, and everything. It's a big show. It's a big turnout to, with just all these people that go there and they pay for this. They pay to go in there and see this, to take part in this. And it's it's such a waste. I, I see all this this wasted time and this this wasted potential from people that can actually, if they put even a tenth of that energy into real change, we can make a real difference here in the right direction. Only one side is really serious. Um, let me. I'll, I'll give you an example of of the the seriousness. This is we we've heard all the kind of stories and stuff coming out of like California and. A, you know, Washington State or you know Portland, those those places where crime is just skyrocketed. Chicago, Detroit, you know. So <laughs> let's show how serious they are and and screwing us over. Senate Bill five five three. This is out of California. This would basically make it illegal for you as a employer or employee to stop a um, violent criminal or nonviolent criminal. Uh, in your store. So basically, if somebody comes in and wants to rob your store, you're supposed to... Um, the, the way it's uh, worded here is, um, the measure seeks to compel employers whose workers face a credible threat of violence to provide effective violence prevention training and maintain a violence uh, incident log. 
Employers, so basically, uh, basically, if you just ask them nicely not to steal that day, then maybe they'll comply with you. Basically, yeah, that's basically what it boils down to. Employers' violence prevention plans will have to ensure that employees comply with safe and healthy work practices, which may include disciplinary action. So basically, uh, you could get fired, as an example, for trying to stop someone that's being violent. That, that's one of the things that's mentioned here or just robbing you. Uh, it, they're trying to make this illegal in the state of California. The entire It's already passed the upper house um, and it's supposed to have another reading here uh, very soon. If this becomes law, um, it's basically going to make it illegal for you to defend your property, basically. Um, so again, I say, who's serious about changing America? I think I'll go a step further on what you just presented there. Let's open this up for, for a little bit of dialogue here. Let, let's just expand on that. So these cities and moreover the state in this case, because it's being read at the state level, so it would apply to the entire state. Couldn't you make the argument at this point, and I'm not, I'm not picking on just California here. I know we got a lot of California listeners, which tells me that you people out there that are listening to us, you have your head screwed on straight. So you recognize what the problems are. I don't know why you're still there. But I mean, even some of our guys, you know, GP and the, his his people, they got out. So if you can get out, I would recommend you do so at your earliest possible convenience. There are other places to go. I don't give a damn how good the weather is. We should so, be consolidating. We should be, yes. Uh, somewhere in the interior. Believe me, we are good people on the interior of America. I assure you, it's not just flyover country and we're all a bunch of uh, of idiots like they would have you believe in New York and California. Again, no offense to the people that are there. Northern California, I would argue, is an exception to that. Anyway, but let's see, again, let, let me, I'm kind of getting off track here. Let, let's expand upon that because I'm not just going to pick on California. I'm going to pick on all these cities, the, these sanctuary cities, we used to call them, we don't call them that anymore. But these these cities, these blue cities, these blue states, can we make the argument based on what you're talking about? Because that right there, that's not America. I'm sorry, that's not an American value. That's not an American tradition. That's not American culture, that kind of behavior from a state legislature. So can we say at this point that these, I guess, territories, they're no longer American territory. They're, they're enemy territory. Can we say that? Because they go against everything that we're supposed to stand for and we're supposed to hold true. We're denying our American values. We're denying our American culture. We're denying the rank and order. We're denying criminal justice. We're denying the rule of law in these places. You were talking about, if you look at places like Portland or downtown Seattle, for example, this is anarchy. Does anybody remember Chaz or Chop? I might add, which they're trying to pin on uh, the former chief of police out there, Carmen Beth. They're trying to pin it on her. That woman just wanted to do her job. But the mayor's office, that old hippie for leftover from the Woodstock episodes, she wouldn't let her do her job because it was the summer of love. Do I have to dig the clips out? Can I can I ask a real quick question since we're, we're on this? Because this is something that's yeah, sure. bothered me for a long time. Uh huh. Why are police chiefs under the mayor? Why are they question. directly elected like a sheriff? That's a good question because the county sheriff is, I, and I would argue right there, you just made a great point. County sheriffs, that is the last line of defense in America. And when I, when I say defense, I mean defense, civil defense, as in getting every able-bodied man out there deputized, doing things by the letter of the law. Why do you think, dear old George Soros and his son now, why do you think they have gone around the country year after year, election cycle after election cycle, buying up? County sheriffs 
because they know damn good and well that that is where the power lies, right there. So to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know why. It, it's an appointed position, the chief of police. It's an appointed position by the mayor's office. But as far as that goes, I don't know why. You know, they're supposed to obviously, every police chief, as far as I know, every police chief is supposed to test, as in you go through a, you know, a test, like a civil civil service test. And the mayor is then supposed to pick the best qualified, but we know how they play political favorites in, in these cities. So exactly. That's yeah. that's why I there, there's been so many stories I've heard from the past where there's been some kind of um, as an example, going back to like the gangster era uh, or something like that. You would have a corrupt uh, politician that's doing something dirty. They would have the police chief under them, under their thumb. The police chief was involved in some way or something like that. So why why then do we not elect the police chief separately um, and try to mitigate that as much as possible? That's a really good question, uh, and I I wish I had an answer for you. But you know, to kind of sure up the uh, the point you made there, uh, my little hometown that I came from in in Ohio, there was a, a good cop there. He's of course he's re- he's retired now. There was a good cop there from the time I was a kid, and everybody knew who this guy was. Obviously, it was a small town. Everybody knew who he was. Smart guy, really intelligent guy. He would take that test every year, even if he wa- if he didn't want the job. He would take it every year, and he always scored the highest, always. And when it came time for him to step up, you know, he, he made it to sergeant and eventually, you know, got, you know, shift sergeant and everything else. And eventually the, the spot opened up. The chief of police uh, retired, and he applied, and he didn't. He tested the highest, scored the highest, didn't get it. And then again, didn't get it after it opened up again and again, it, and he didn't get it because it became a, about politics. It was about who the mayor wanted in there and not the best qualified person for the job. Just opens the door for more corruption. But it, uh, to answer your question about the, uh, uh, the, the California thing, I, I, don't, I don't have an answer to just how atrocious that is. But again, can we actually call these American territories any longer? Can we? I mean, let's think about it. Let's just think about this for a second. Okay, let's let's look at this in terms of our geopolitical adversaries. Okay, let's let's look at this in, in those terms. Okay, let's just take China, for example. They're not the only one, but let's just take them as an example. Bruce, would it concern you? I know it's not going to surprise you, but would it concern you to know that the Chinese People's Liberation Army Navy has a amphibious fleet with a range of 6,000 nautical miles on it. Would that concern you as an American? Yes and no. If I didn't know what I know about the naval fleet that we're talking about, and just on the surface of asking that question, yes, I I would be concerned. But I also know that they're all diesel-powered throwbacks from the 1980s, so I'm less concerned. But Well, you might want to hang on to that because supposedly the Chinese may or may not have, according to their official Communist Party release, they may or may not have lost a nuclear submarine last week. They may or may not have. What's funny about that is that the nuclear submarines, if they have one, would be uh, the equivalent of what the Russians have. And it's only what the Russians would give them, which would be Soviet era stuff. And they won't even give it to them. They'll sell them decommissioned. The aircraft carrier, one of the ones that's actually working right now, is um, it's a decommissioned uh, from 1982. Who I think it was is when it was yeah, decommissioned. It was an old one. Yeah, yeah it's it's they it had to, the Soviets the had to sell it. Yeah, the Soviets had to sell it because they were in that they, like they had a spat of like economic problems or something, so they had to sell it. So the Chinese bought it. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I, I I don't think. Well, either way, I don't think like, I would be. Either way, would it surprise you to know that the distance from the east coast of mainland China to the west coast of 
the United States, namely California, which San Francisco would be probably their beachhead. Would you be surprised to learn that that's right around 6,000 nautical miles? Uh, that, that, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so here's the thing. So to, to your question, should we consider them part of the U.S. anymore? I'm not advocating the, the for secession is, or anything like that. No, I'm no, not, no. I'm yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. that at I all. I understand. I'm just saying these 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 political people that are that, that have a stranglehold on these American cities do not support American values, American culture, or uh, American law and order. So why are we still allowing this to continue, I guess, is, is what I'm asking. Yeah, that I, that that's where I was going to go with it is, is um, I'm still kind of like, um, we're America, bitch. I, I still have that kind of 1980s um, uh, drive of how America, I, I'm, I'm passionately an American. I am not ashamed of being an American. Um, and by American, I mean, constitutionalist, uh, someone that believes in freedom, you know, liberty, that kind of thing. I am actually ashamed to call myself a American countryman, uh, but that is a, a different. But anyway, uh, so because of that, I'm one to say, no, we don't give up any kind of territory. We don't give up any kind of land to Marxists uh, or any of those kind of things. So really, I'm agreeing with you in the sense of why aren't we doing anything? California is an example saying that you cannot defend your property uh, in this case with that, that bill. Every person that's involved in trying to pass that is in violation of the Constitution and as such should be arrested or at the very least kicked out of their office. I mean, that that that's what it boils down to. And in my opinion, that we should. OK, these uh, BS charges that we have going after Trump for all the nonsense and everything. If Republicans were really serious about trying to affect change, you would see thousands of indictments being handed out. Uh, across the nation from Republicans indicting Democrats. And I know, oh, banana republic. Oh, the, you, you're going to cause problems and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to it. The, the thing is, is uh, we've been complacent for far too long. Now our country is falling apart. Our society is falling apart. And we're continuing to Netflix and chill. Um, we're continuing to just enjoy our sports and our, which all those are fine as long as you're doing what you're supposed to. And in, in the meantime, you know, you're, you're, uh, I, I, I just, uh, at, at this point, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of the cloak and dagger. I'm tired of the propaganda, the, the, the lies. I'm tired of the, God, we have this, we just had the, the fires here. What was it? Three weeks ago now in Hawaii. And no, yeah. we're sending more money to Ukraine per day. They're spending more money per day than what we've sent Hawaii, uh, where thousands of people lost their homes and potentially over uh, a thousand people died. And we're not even sending them more than $700 per person. I, I, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. Okay. It's going to cause more turmoil and all that kind of stuff to do these indictments, to, to start having these show trials and all of that as Republicans towards Democrats. Fine. Let's go. It's time we start uh, bringing this out of the shadows and start showing people what's really going on and bring this to light. Because the only way you're going to get rid of the cockroaches is to turn the lights on and you got to clean up what's attracting the cockroaches. Okay. How do you get the people that have built their careers on errors 
to admit that they have been wrong for over 30 years. Um, I'll give you a good example. Climate change. That's that's one of the ones that um, has been going on for a long time now and has lied to the people and cost them billions of dollars. It's fraud. Just go at them with fraud. And then all the money that they, you know, improperly used, you can go after them with that and start throwing people in jail for it. It's a good point. it. That would solve it. Or at least at the very least, it would get the ball rolling. The problem is, is that you're going to have to discredit the people that are actually discredited. And you're going to have to bring the people that you've ostracized that have actually told the truth that have been blackballed. You're going to have to bring those people back in. You're going to have to elevate them. That's going to have to happen because those people should have their credibility restored. And I'm talking about even the ones that have initially said that they were all for climate change. And then the second that they said, you know what, I went back and I reexamined my research because obviously they're a scientist. And they said, um, I made a mistake. I was wrong. So I would like to correct that. Their life, essentially, their career was over at that point. Yep. They were ruined. Yep. Someone else, again, another fair example, Anthony Fauci. You've seen the recent video saying that we should go out and wear masks. It was actually on, what was it, CNN or MSNBC, one of those two, where one of them questioned Fauci and said, how do we go again? How do we how do we argue against this? And then he pulls out a um, research paper that talks about how masks are completely ineffectual. It did not work. This was Fauci's argument. This was his response to that. It doesn't affect the overall pandemic. It doesn't. But on an individual level, the data shows it works. And those two are you, you cannot have one without the other. If it works on an individual level, it will work on a pandemic level. It, it would bring those numbers down. But his argument was it doesn't bring the numbers down for the pandemic, but it brings the numbers down for the individual person. That That is impossible. That is statistically impossible. And, and um, anyway, all that to say, this dude is one of the dudes that should be thrown in prison because not only was he pushing illegal human trials um, and has caused millions of deaths around the world. And yes, I said millions. He's also uh, continuing to push a, a narrative like this. And I would also want to know where all his stock investments are whether he or a shell corporation that he owns or a family member owns or something, because it would not surprise me if he has a bunch of investments in places like Pfizer, Moderna, or which we know he does actually have in Pfizer. Um, but also masks. I mean, in, in companies that produce them, like 3M as an example, they continue to push this. Why exactly do you think they push this? It is about control. That is one element of it. But they're politicians. They 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 want their they want their skids greased uh, at the same time. So they're going to be making money somewhere. So start following the money trail. Start figuring out where all this is. But to your point, we we, we have to discredit those that have been lying to us the entire time. Who do we turn to to say, okay, I believe you. You're telling the truth. Who do we turn to? Nobody. If if you're in the, the in the science community. I'm sorry, the science community, I don't trust you. I, I just don't. I, I have to go through research papers and look at what the research is showing and compare it to other research papers. It's almost like if, if I want to, oh God, it's so, it's so frustrating when we get into this kind of stuff and we start looking at new technologies or new metals or new medical treatments or any of those kind of things that come out and say, oh, these are safe and effective and or oh, these are, but you have to go in and you have to read the research yourself because there's so many lies now uh, that the, the science community is guilty of 
Um, and then the media twists the things that the science community is saying, like the the climate change thing. Oh, we're going to die 12 in 12 years. Uh, everything's going to end, according to the politician. And when you look at the science paper that they're referencing, they said, if we don't make changes within 12 years, then 100 years out, it's going to be another half degree warmer. And it, it's it's it, it we don't know what kind of effects it'll have. That's what they were saying. It wasn't going to be the end of everything. So many people are lying to us now. I don't know who to turn to. I don't trust anyone that's a specialist anymore. I have to do the research myself and cross-examine everything that's being said. And unfortunately, there's so many lies. Even the cross-examination might be false. You, you'll look through uh, multiple research papers. They may be saying the same thing, but it doesn't add up. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. So I'm, I'm just I, I, I don't know what to do. There's so many lies. You covered a whole lot there, um, and I, I hate to gloss over the uh, the, the Fauci thing, just because uh, I, I'm going to. Uh, this was Fauci at the beginning of COVID-19, just a flashback for anybody that might have forgotten this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. Right. So that was then. Okay. And you referenced the, the end on the individual level thing. So let's hear what he had to say about that. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality? Surgical or cloth masks makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yes, ask the expert. Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you took at the broad population level, like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety. That's a bit different than the broad population level. So you see, he explained it all. Yeah, it makes great sense, doesn't it? If the masks work on the individual level and it's reducing um, spread and contagion at the individual level, it doesn't make any change at all for a pandemic level. You know, uh, the greater, that makes no sense. So this this actually, just in those those couple of minutes there in those clips, this basically outlines everything that I was just saying. You've got somebody who's in the scientific community who has done a full study on every kind of mask that was available, including this holier-than-thou in 95 that they say. 
And they've they found conclusively that there is no difference. They make no difference whatsoever. None. And yet you have then Fauci comes out and says, no, see, all of these things are wrong because you've got data that support in the opposite direction. So you've taken the legitimate study and I'm not I'm not picking sides here. Let's actually go with what is actually the objective reality here, not the subjective truth, because that's what Fauci's following is a subjective truth, the financial subjective truth, whoever's being paid. So somebody comes out from Oxford, puts an actual study out to show what these things have actually done. And that's not the only one. We've looked at multiple studies. I've lost count of how many damn studies we've looked at from how many countries? How many countries? We've looked at Australia, New Zealand, Germany, UK, the US, Canada, India. I mean, just on and on and on. Japan, about these, these damn masks and how they do not work at all. And then you've got Fauci that comes out and says, oh, well, they work on an individual level. So all the people that have done these studies that have actually said time and again that they don't work. Now, all of those people are discredited per their doctrine. This is insanity on trial. It is. And many of the people that Fauci, uh, people, many of the studies Fauci was referencing there saying, oh, but there's other studies. First of all, the study that they were just reading about there, the, the Oxford study, it was already referencing those studies that Fauci then said, well, there's other studies. When you look at the other studies that he's referencing there, their methodology is flawed. They they had one process or procedure they were following, and right in the middle of it, they changed the process or procedure. So their methodology was completely flawed. It wasn't randomized, uh, as was pointed out. But all that to say, uh, maybe a good starting point, maybe a good starting point in all of this is something that our ancestors would have done. And that is anytime someone is a liar like this, just uh, tar and feather them. Now, I'm not saying actually legitimately go out and tar and feather them, but I mean, tank their career. Just simply say, you're a liar. Be done with it. But like, just be done with the person, the individual. And as long as we stand on that, the news media will have no other choice but to listen to you. Because... If you don't give them your view, they don't make money. And if you're making it clear that the whole reason that we're not giving you a view is because you have liars on your program, they have to change if they want to stay in business. Two really quick things, and then we can get out of here since we did touch on the uh, the COVID thing. Biden is who's triple vaxxed and, and boosted and everything else, uh, I might add, because the first lady has come down with COVID. She's had five jabs, apparently. Because she's come down with COVID, Biden is now going to mask again indoors just to be on the safe side because he's he's been exposed. Because Fauci says that it works on an individual um, on individual level, level. On, on an individual yeah. level. Yeah. So he's he's heeding the good doctor's advice there. That's the first thing. The second thing, Bruce, I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this. I really I truly am because I know how much of a fan you are of The View, the uh, the talk show, The View with uh, Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg and whoever mm-hmm. else they got. Yeah. Up there. Um, yeah. Whoopi has come down with uh, with COVID and she's going to be uh, she's going to be out for two weeks uh, isolating, you know, because, you know, she wants to protect everybody else, of course. So, you know, she, she's going to be out for two weeks. Whoopi will be unavailable. I'm, I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you that. But if if you had to hear it from anybody, I'm glad you heard it from me. Well, I hesitate when I say I told you so, but I'm I'm not going to stop from saying I told you so. We, we've talked about this before. Of course, they, they don't listen to us, of course, because, uh, you know, we're, we're just little peons. But the research shows, and it has been pointed out by many, many people, that the more jabs you get, the more chances, the more likely you are to get sick. And it's not just of COVID, it's period. Um, it reduces the effectiveness of your 
immune system, the more jabs you get. So the first jab was seeing minimal change. If you only got one jab, they were seeing minimal differences. You're probably okay at this point. If you got the first jab in the early days and you've not seen any kind of ill effects, uh, the next thing I would be watching for is cancer. You know, just kind of be on top of uh, your doctor's appointments and whatnot uh, to get that screened every once in a while. If you started getting more jabs, um, two, you started seeing like a 10% change roughly. Um, and it progressively got worse as the more jabs you got. So no surprise. I'm not surprised one bit. Uh, in fact, they had, uh, I, I talked about this before, um, uh, Fox News, they had their token um, um, liberal on there. Uh, That's probably Juan Williams. Yeah, it's probably Juan Williams. May have been. I don't remember what the guy's name was. He said he's gotten seven jabs or something like that. And he's had COVID like uh, three or five times or something like that. And it's like, and they all laughed at him, which they rightly should have. Um, that should, if you talk to someone, uh, no, I don't think it was him. It, 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 he, no? he's, did, okay. um, I, I don't think it was that one. No. Um, he, uh, it could have been, but they were on a set with a bunch of other people. Um, so it, it wasn't as close up of a shot. Um, but anyway, whatever the case, uh, he, uh, had the the multiple jabs and has gotten COVID just as many times. If you're talking to someone in your day to day and they tell you I've been jabbed seven times and I've gotten COVID like three or five times, you should laugh at them. That is the default response you should give them. Laugh at them. Mock it. Not because you're wishing ill on them, but because they're given to a cult. And the only way that you can get people out of a cult, you can't use reason, you can't use logic, you can't use data, statistics, none of that. You cannot use that to get them out of a cult. Just mock them. Make it clear that peer pressure, peer pressure them out of the cult. That's the only, that's the only chance that they have at this point to get out of the cult is to make it uncomfortable for them, make it embarrassing for them. That's, that's the only way to get them out at this point, unfortunately. And honestly, if you've gotten seven jabs and you're still living, <laughs> And you're still living. I'm, I'm, God, I, I man. I, Your luck point, is going to run out. Your luck is going to, you maybe, can only play Russian roulette so many times before you spin yeah. the, the wrong chamber there. Yeah. The problem is, is, uh, at that, based on the data we've seen and the research we've seen, the problem is, is they're not playing roulette with a revolver. They're playing it with a Glock. That's the problem. It, it's not a matter of time that it, it you know, that, Chances are they might die, but, you know, it's more likely that they'll live for a time. The data we've seen and the research that we've seen on this stuff, it is guaranteed death. And in all cases, when they were doing the studies back in the day of this, rats, cats, ferrets, all the test subjects that they had, 100% died. And it didn't matter what part of the protein or what part of the virus they were using to, sim uh, to, to create the protein. It did not matter. They tried all of them and they all died 100% of the time. It was either a heart attack, stroke, you know, something to do with blood clotting, or it was cancer, um, 100% of the time. So in humans, I, I'm, I, I just don't, I, I don't want to be like a negative Nancy. I don't want to be like, uh, there, there is a chance that people were jabbed with one that was ineffective and didn't work. It's possible that the vial was sitting on the doctor's desk for Longer it got to the got too warm and the DNA started breaking down and it didn't actually do anything. It, it's possible and you may be fine. But again, you're still playing Russian roulette. And I just, man, I, I don't know what to do for this one. This is this is a literal, what is it, democide? Is that what it is when government does uh, genocide? 
Yeah, yeah that's, when uh, government goes bad and starts killing its own people, yeah, it's democide. Yeah, that, that's what this was. And, and I, I don't know how to rectify it, but well, I mean, I, I, first, I do know how to rectify I do, yeah. it. The, the problem the first, is, yeah, is I do too. nobody wants to. Nobody wants to because these answers that you would have to give are unpleasant. And people don't like to hear unpleasant things. You know, this this goes to more than just the uh, the, the COVID agenda. This goes to the policy we've had, the, the failed policy we've had, I might add, over the last 30 plus years. Nobody wants to hear that. And so we just deny it, right? We stick our heads in the sand. That's what we do. All right, my friend, it's been a great conversation. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.